Hello there, Crystal. Hi, good morning. Good morning, how are you? We're excellent, thank you. Very good, very good. Well, my name is Anthony James Cordova. I want to thank you for joining us on Indigo Sessions. Uh, I'm just uh, joining my, my guest right now, uh, Crystal Waters. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let her uh, actually uh, do a little bit of talking right now just to kind of uh, set the pace for where we're going with today. So, uh, Crystal, if you want to take it from here. Sure. Um, it, I do have quite a few um, metaphysical stories that wow. are real, that happened um, as events in this reality, in this time frame, this time zone. Yeah. Um, and the first one is, I had what most people can relate to as an NDE, near-death experience. Yeah. However, I find that not a good translation. Even people who have died, crossed over, had an occurrence, and returned. That's not near death. That's an actual part of, of a dying process, and then they come back. Um, okay. My situation was even more exclusive than that, where I had a soul exchange. I participated in a soul exchange where one soul personality had decided to leave the body for um, her own difficulties, and she became so discouraged she could not continue but instead of doing something harmful to herself she called out and reached into the spirit realm where as her guide i decided to come through and step into her body as she exited and so we call it a soul exchange and there uh, there are a few people a few thousand people on the planet that have gone through this. And I don't know how many thousand. It, uh, that's just an arbitrary number. Yes. <clears throat> and so, uh, What happens inside of that as you do that, as you take on the other soul? Well, there was a bit of confusion in the beginning. And it was actually really complicated and my family and friends said I wasn't the same person. They put me in a mental ward because of the change. I did not know some things that the previous occupant would have known. Yes. And um, I had to relearn a lot of things <laughs> about the person that, that who, who I took over. I have some of her memories, uh, but in the beginning, that was that they were more difficult for me to access. I just didn't have full access to everything at that particular time. And of course, as I've lived in the body and I have recovered a lot of her memories, not every one of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. And we have different talents. She was a really excellent artist and going to grow up to be a writer. And I, on the other hand, am not so much of an artist, but I'm a good poet. So yeah. we, we th there are some differences there in the actual talents that we experience. Now, yeah. she and I are a part of each other and a part of the same entity. We're just different personalities from the same entity. An entity okay. is a very big word. 
yeah. um, when you get out of body, there are there is this expansion, and your an entity will have many souls on the planet. Now, yeah. not in linear time, but all mm. time is in the present, expanded present moment. Yes. So, um, yeah, time fr- time frames are still difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> I live in pretty much. I don't have to do anything on anybody else's time schedule other than my own, which That's is beautiful. a privilege that um, one of the reasons I came in was to take over her situation because she had um, a very well set up um, reality and going on where I would not have to come in and then go to work and work for somebody else and all of that stuff. I could actually be dedicated to the spirit and to the experience of being here. That's a big one, biggest uh-huh. one. And also to teach, which I figure, you know, that's my cosmic sort of reason for being here now. Yes. So how long has, how long have you been with this? How long, when did this, how long ago did this start? Okay. I came into body in the fall of, 1978 I'm not sure what day Um, at least two weeks into the month so I'm a big fan of the number 13 so I usually celebrate on the 13th as sort of of the day of my entry Um, close enough it may not have been till the 27th I'm not sure I'm really not sure (laughs) Um, No worries. Yeah. But in 1980, I had another really big event, which was meeting my spirit guide, my primary spirit guide. Can can I stop you for just a moment there? Go back to the first one. Okay. So as all this stuff is occurring, I mean, are you totally aware of what's going on at the time when it's happening? Or is it just kind of, it's, it's just yes. coming out of nowhere? I was aware of my situation. Okay, okay. And I acted like, the, the problem was I didn't know how to act like an actual human being. There we go. Okay, that's, I guess that's what I'm looking at too, is like as this stuff is going on, like in the people around you, how is this, how is it being received? They put me in the mental hospital because Do I was I, not the same person that they knew. There's nowhere to go for help either, is there? No one's talking about this kind of stuff. That's no one's right. experienced with it. Now, somebody did write a book a long time ago, long before my entry, although I didn't discover the book till years afterwards. Um, her name was Ruth Montgomery. And I yeah. think she wrote the book in the 50s or early 60s. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but it's called Strangers Among Us. It's the title of the book. Vaguely familiar. Okay, it, yes. And in that book, it, what a, well, it uh, does talk about those of us who come into a full-grown body. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Wow, and, that is that is yeah. I I I'm, I understand what you what you're saying when you say that you know like everywhere around you people aren't knowing how to respond. You end up going in the crazy house. I've I've had that a similar experience like that. So I definitely can. Yeah 
empathize with you on that. But let's go ahead to the, the next story you were going on to, though, because that answers that for that. Well, the next story is when I met my primary spirit guide. Um, it took me a while to get acclimated to the fact I didn't know about finances and things like that, but I had been set up. The, the person before me had been well set up. And once I figured all that out, with actually the help of a her sister, who yeah. thought I was her sister, you know, so she was willing to oh, help wow. me and everything. Yeah. Um, the family could not accept that there had been any kind of, they just thought I had a, uh, some sort of breakdown and came yeah. back and I did not talk normally. I did not know what a refrigerator was. I called it the cold box. Um, <laughs> there were there were a lot of things I had to get used to. I did know how to drive, though. Very interesting. I I didn't like to drive anything under like 110, but yeah. I learned how to calm that down too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then I met my spirit guide in about it was, well, it was 1980 for sure. Yeah. And. Um, how did that I, come about? What? How did that come about, meeting your spirit guide? Um, well, I bought a log cabin. Okay. And I was moving into it, and I had I didn't have very much in the way of furniture. It was very uh, limited stuff at that point. Yeah. I had money. I just didn't know it or how much. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, in going through this empty cabin it was a very small cabin there was a weird little shelf um, down floor level and it was kind of like you didn't notice it was there unless you were looking for it yeah and i found a ouija board and i found an old farmer's almanac those were the two things that were left in the place everything else was gone oh wow and uh one evening i took our round breakfast table and i pulled it into the living room the timber rooms were attached it was nothing just moved it like 15 feet and set up a candle set up the ouija board now i understood i i didn't know the rules that you had to have more than one person so i was me myself with myself and the ouija board and the what you call the planchette uh -huh. and I asked if there was anyone out there that wanted to communicate with me because I knew that there was way more than the earthly experience. There, there yeah. was a, something else. Yes. Absolutely. And I got an absolute instant response of yes. And the person, the guide, he spelled out his name and introduced himself as a spirit guide. And, uh, told me a bit about himself and about our connection and he literally moved in with me moved into the house with me um, yeah. it was very oh, wow. interesting it was like having another person <laughs> in the house <laughs> yeah I can totally understand what you're saying I can totally understand oh my well I went to a yard sale and there was this real life-size suit of armor standing there. Uh -huh. 
And it wasn't like you could actually get into it a physical person, but yeah. it was, you know, like this replica. But the helmet, the, the visor on the helmet moved up and down. And it came to be this thing because I thought for a while I'm just nuts. But I also knew better because he moved the visor. It would be down. And then if he were home and present, it would be up. <laughs> and it changed on its own. And I started writing down at what time and the visor was in what position. And then an hour later, it would be up or down or opposite of what it was. And we, he stayed with me in that manner for a considerable amount of time. But he was always yeah. with me. He helped me navigate um, on the earth plane as I was still learning. And I was extremely psychic and people were kind of like, very strange with me yes i can imagine yeah <laughs> i have gotten less psychic as i have gotten more humanized unfortunately it's not that like okay less psychic. You? it's just i have to now do like the human thing and go into the right brainwave frequency to turn it on you know yeah. Now, was that a, a difficult transition for you, or are you kind of ready at that time to kind of just let go and go with the flow? Oh, I was ready to let go because the body I had come into uh, was unusually large mm -hmm. and also crippled. And it was not an easy body to manage. Oh, wow. And one of the things that the guide and I worked on was how to begin the transformation because at that point in a 350 pound plus body you can't really get around much yes so i where there were learning how to adjust it so there were like quite a few ailments stacked on top of that weight as well there was there mm -hmm. was the uh Oh my goodness, the cancer scare, where I was reportedly I had cancer, oh, wow. um, and that's what brought me to my knees, quite literally. Where I, after that, and I was told that I was going to have to go to Boston and surrender myself to the doctors. I called on spirit and I said, "No, not yet." <laughs> What is um, before I surrender to the doctors, I'm going to surrender to spirit. And I needed an adventure. I needed to go somewhere. Yeah. But because I was so large, even getting out of the house seemed very difficult. And I did not know where to go. Where was I going to go to do to have this ultimate adventure? Yeah. And <clears throat> I prayed one night with my guide. And so exhausted from not exhausted but in in an altered state so much so i couldn't even get in bed i just slept there at the foot of the bed oh, and the next morning at six o'clock when it was time to get my child up and get her ready for her day at, she was in i think second grade at the time and she is my child she she was born in 1980 when i met my guide yeah. and so anyway, the phone rang 
And there was a woman on the phone saying, you probably don't remember me, but you met me once at this other friend's house. And I have to tell you something. And I said, okay. And she said, the message is Sedona, Arizona. That's all hmm. I can remember. But you are to go to Sedona, Arizona. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Okay. And I thanked her. And, you know, she never called me again. We weren't friends. So we had a, a common friend in common, but that was it. Yeah. And so I thanked her. And the next, that evening, I uh, did the same prayer work with my guide. And I said, okay, I got the message about Sedona, but I got to be sure. I got to be really, really sure that it's just not some coincidence or something. And I knew it wasn't, but I wanted to be <laughs> really sure about this. And yeah. so the very next day after I'm sending my kid out the door, the doorbell rings and I go to answer it. And there is this woman who says she lived in the neighborhood and she noticed I was having difficulty getting to my mailbox, which was, I lived at the end of a cul-de-sac and the mail was out front at the beginning of the cul-de-sac, you know, little boxes. Yeah. And so she had decided to get my mail and bring it to me. And she handed me the letter and I had written away to some company about crystals in Arkansas. Yeah. And the letter was from, somebody in their office and it was a handwritten letter and nothing about crystals at all, but it was about Sedona in writing <laughs> the Sedona vortexes. And she had handwritten on the bottom. Um, I thought you might need this information. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, oh, so goodness. we all know three times is a charm, right? So oh, stop, really? Yes. <laughs> That night, I did the prayer work again, making oh, triple goodness. sure. Oh, and no. And I asked Spirit one more time. <laughs> and the next day, this person I did not know came to the door, introduced herself. I am your sister's housekeeper, and your sister sent this over, and I'm to deliver it to you, but I got to go right now. And she handed me a soft cover book. And it was a book of pictures of Sedona. It was a photograph book. Very little words in it, just photographs of Sedona. And of course, by then, I called my sister. I said, you know, I got to go to Sedona. And she said, yes, <laughs> I'm going to help you. I'm going to get your plans and your airplane tickets and we'll get Beautiful. you there. Beautiful. Beautiful. My, my. Yeah, that, that's like, that's such a, a wild thing to, it, it took me a while myself to, to finally like just trust my intuition when I hear spirit talking, you know, yeah. that I don't have to like wait and guess and be sure and all that. Just if I'm like, you know, where I'm from in alignment with my true self, I can discern that right away. Oh, yes. You know? I, I'm good at that now. I'm very I thought, I thought good at it. Was... And I was good at it then. But I, I thought just you say needed to be so sure because the body was so hard to maneuver. Yeah. This was well, a no, big I, deal to leave the comfort of a home and go out into the world. Yeah. And no, I can definitely like. I wanted that. this. I knew had something to do with actually not going to the doctors. And uh, when I got here, 
I even went deeper into what I call the surrender part. And did your mindset now? Did your mindset shift immediately after that third sign? That, oh, like, okay, I already just... knew, but yeah, the third sign it was okay, go. It was would get you, ready, would... get set, now go. Yeah. Looking back, would you say that healing, um, like healing, started at that point? No, the healing started now? before then. Before the getting then, okay. ready for it started before then with dream work with my spirit guide. Okay. All right. Very nice. And those are different stories that I tell that um, are actually for a mature audience only. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, perhaps maybe another time then. Yes. But, um, no, I, I'm most intrigued, but yes, please carry on. And then I got a map of the Sedona area. And I said, okay, spirit, I'm going to touch the map. And wherever I touch the map, that's where I'm going to go today. And I took my daughter out to breakfast. Well, I had a whole entourage. I had five people with me um, because of being able to manipulate things. And I had to have somebody to run after the child. And I had to have somebody that was going to do the driving. And my, my sister had fortunately leased us a um, Lincoln Continental. So when I got in Sedona, there, that was the car big enough to put me in. Yeah. And, you know, all these little complications. And I literally couldn't hardly imagine getting from the car into a restaurant door without help. Couldn't do it. Yeah. And so I had this group of people that were willing to help me through this. And so we went to breakfast every morning. Then after breakfast, I wherever my finger went on the map, that's where we were going to go. <laughs> and I don't. I know one of the places the first two days was Bell Rock here in okay. Sedona. Yeah. But then I'm not sure of the second place it actually faded. It wasn't very, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure whether it was cathedral. It could have been, but I'm not positive because the third day was the important one. And I put my finger to come out on the map on a place called Boynton Canyon. And I said, okay, we're going to Boynton Canyon. This is the third day after breakfast. We headed to Boynton. And when you're going down to Boynton, there's this place that called Enchantment. And at that time, it had great big gates and armed guards in front of it. And I said, well, I need the shortcut because I can't walk the two and a half miles. And they said, no, ma'am, you're not going to get out and park here. You are going to park over there, and you're going to have to walk the two and a half miles into Boyden. Hmm. And that seemed like an impossibility at that time. Yeah. So I said to the person, my friend, uh, okay, turn around, take this car out of here. And I kept looking back to see as soon as we went around a few curves, and I knew we were away from any sight that the guards could not see us anymore. And I pointed into the desert and I said, drive off the road and take this car as far as it will go out here. <laughs> and he did. No problem. <laughs> and then we got to a place where the car couldn't go. And everybody out and people went to smoke their cigarettes and they walked away from me. And I asked my little daughter, I said, honey, go find mommy a big stick to lean on. So her and her babysitter went off looking for a stick for me to lean on. And 
I walked a little bit away from the car and I began my prayer. And I asked spirit for 10 steps on sacred ground. That's all I wanted. And uh, it happened. There was suddenly, I began walking. And I don't know which step that it happened on, but all of a sudden there was this light. This light. And I will tell you, this is the light of the grail. And because that's what my spirit guide told me I was going to do in Sedona was to find the grail. And when this light came through me, I could perceive, see, literally see with my fingertips. I could see with the bottoms of my feet. I saw without turning around everything behind me. Um, my awareness was so expanded, it was shocking. And then I felt this tugging in my spine. And there were five major tugging sensations and my spine, literally the pain, the sciatic pain that I had been experiencing vanished. I no longer was walking like a cripple. I was standing up. My daughter reappeared from wherever and she was standing beside me with this stick. And I carried the stick. I didn't use it as a crutch. I carried it up this small embankment, this small little hill, which was the furthest I had walked since entering the body. And there was no pain. And when everybody came back to the car from doing their little whatever they were doing, um, everybody looked at me and noticed a huge difference and nobody dared say anything. And I didn't either. I just was in awe of the situation. And then on the way back, once we did get in the car and we started back in, we got back into Sedona proper, I saw a real estate sign. And I said to the driver, stop. <laughs> and I went and I told this guy, I need to buy a house here. Oh my um, God. Find me one. And, you know, my child was saying, mama, feed me. I'm hungry again. So she was, you know, like the next restaurant. But it was, um, that was when I found what the grail light was about. And the transformation of the spine was permanent. I have a little bit of a curve left, but it's very slight and it's, it's not a big deal. Um, so it was an absolute permanent change. And uh, then I got the body. I could walk. I could move. I could exercise. And, and within a year, I was down to a single person size again. Actually, actually a small single person size again. And uh, had all these adventures, climbed every vortex in Sedona, went on trips, was able to really have an incredible a spiritual adventure that continued on for years. 
that's I'm I'm I kind of speechless there. That's a beautiful story. I'm I'm kind of just putting myself in those shoes right there. That's gotta kind of change you, just everything, like transformation white, like just everything inside, outside, just well, you see, when the gray light came through, it was um, knowledge was also accessed. Yes. yes. The fifth dimensional knowledge was accessed. Beautiful. So and now we... We'll, okay, go ahead. No, no, please, you, you first. Well, I was going to say a lot of people are thinking, and I've seen this on Facebook and in groups and stuff of five, fifth dimensional and people think they're there yet. They're yes. not. Yes. <laughs> However, <laughs> once you pass through the fourth dimension, fifth dimension is accessible. Yes. And you can do that in your sleep and you can do it through meditations. But yes. you can't function in the fifth dimension and function well in third dimension. That's where there are difficulties. If you have not left the third dimension, you still are subject to some of the agreed upon rules of being here. Yes. However, I know from personal experience, those rules, including the rule of gravity, can be suspended at a particular moment. Yes during a spiritual adventure. So um, we do get some fifth dimensional consciousness coming through to us. It's, it's, it's doable, very much so. Especially yeah. people who learn to trans-channel. Yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I definitely agree with you on that. I, I definitely resonates with me. I feel the same way about that. It's definitely a humbling and like uh, just an enjoyable process if you just be, you know, as opposed to trying to push. I feel there's a lot of people out there that are pushing right now, unfortunately. But they are which, striving for something. And so I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> the more you strive for it, the more you focus on it, the more you will be able to access it. Yeah. So now you said you teach. Do you teach on your experience that happened with you in Sedona, or do you teach from a broader range of? Uh, oh, much broader now, much broader. the The stories that I have, the spiritual adventure that lasted quite a few years, um, in particular, uh, they are teaching stories. Mm-hmm. However, I also teach fifth dimensional consciousness and awareness and what that really means. But I teach students that have come to me. I have had people find me 27 miles in the rainforest in Maui. And they <laughs> I never advertised not once, no business cards. And people will find me and say, I'm supposed to. Actually, there was a code that if people said, I understood it. They said, I yeah. dreamed you. Yeah. And when people say, I dreamed about you. I'm like, okay, come on in. <laughs> but then I would take them in and they would stay with me from one to three years. I would feed them, clothe them, house them, and teach them. Oh, wow. That's then- a real teacher. They did not support me. The teacher supports them. Because if you can't support and take care of yourself, you're not 
You haven't got it yet. If you yeah. need your students to pay you money <laughs> for something that you get through the universe for free, I, I'm a more of a Native American consciousness at that point. I'm like, no, the teacher's got to be able to take care of business first. That is beautiful. Oh, my. I love that. I love that a lot. Goodness. That is huge. That is love. That is giving. Mm -hmm. That is where it's at. Oh, my. So now, where do you, where do you teach? Do you, do you teach online or do you have a... Uh, no, well, actually... I have an online group on Facebook, but I've been posting mostly um, the best metaphysics that I consider is available in was trans. Okay. There was a woman in 1963. She began channeling an entity, um, a gestalt presence, uh -huh. as he called himself. And this what was her name? Was that Seth? Jane Roberts and her and they channeled Seth. Seth, yes, okay. I'm familiar and with that one. Seth was the first that I discovered. Well, actually, Seth discovered me. <laughs> um, and said, "Wait a minute, I know what you're looking for." And a book fell, slid right off a library shelf where it was in between other books, and it hit me really hard on the foot. <laughs> And I knew instantly I could stop looking. I had found what I was yeah. looking for. And it was <laughs> Jane the Roberts, point. the Seth material. Okay. And nice. yeah. Now, that was the first real stuff that I could relate to from where I had come from. This was a true teacher. Seth. Yeah. Um, and very, very capable, very articulate. Jane was a, and it, and it, you know, he gives lots of reasons why it was Jane. But she was mm -hmm. part of his soul group and one of his friends in multiple lifetimes. And therefore, he could use her body in a good way to come through her. And he will never, ever come through any other human being. He said that many, many, many times um, in different ways. <laughs> But nobody else would ever directly channel him like Jane Roberts. Yeah. People can attach to it and have their own kind of Sethian experience or another being. Um, everybody has a, has a spirit guide. Everybody. Yes. And um, I do encourage people to reach out and try to make contact with their spirit guides. Their life will change. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I agree. There's a lot out there, too. There's so much out there to filter through, you know, and it's like my I, I always try to, uh, you know, let people know, just trust your intuition, you know, really get into that, you know, just find that alignment within yourself and trust what, what, trust what you're gravitating towards. You know, but still people are kind of, you know, they go for the bells and whistles at times. Well, you know, even... <laughs> A lesson giver can teach you something. And I make a very discernment, big discernment between a true teacher and a lesson giver. Lesson mm. givers come into our reality when we're not hearing it from our inner self. Uh -huh. um, they teach you a big lesson. 
Okay. Whether whether it's um, your twin flame is now divorcing you, or these these people, <laughs> um, or there's a betrayal, your business partner betrays you, or something, your best friend is suddenly not your best friend anymore, and those people are teaching you a lesson, and they're lesson givers, but they're not true teachers. Yeah, you know, people used to new age. Oh, everybody's your teacher. No. <laughs> those are the what I call the lesson givers and some of the lessons are usually pretty tough because yeah. we need them to open our eyes yeah. and take responsibility <laughs> it has nothing to do with them they yeah. are perceived outside of you but they can only reflect back to you what's coming from the inner self does your, does your daughter do any of the similar any similar work that you do no, she's busy having children and raising them, and um, she'll settle into it later. She's not in the room, <laughs> so I can say that. <laughs> but she did tell me one time, she looks at me and she goes, Mom, I can never be normal because of you. <laughs> and I said, that's good, hon. I was going to say, yeah, thank that's you. That's really good. <laughs> you don't want to be normal. It's okay. <laughs> It's a blessing right out of the gate there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful. That's wonderful. So now with the, with the whole Sedona area there, there's uh -huh. like four or five hotspot areas that they talk about. Yes. Are they always busy? Yes. Usually. Now, as a resident there, do you, I mean, I, I'm sure you do. I mean, do you still find you've got solitude there and you're like, you know, what you need there? Yes. And in fact, what I have done is I created a sacred circle. Some would call it a medicine wheel. I call it my sacred space. It's whatever. Um, but is it the violet image that you sent me or has violet is. in it? And that is designed um, with great care and intention given. That, I have created a little vortex with that particular wheel. Okay. And so I attach to all the vortexes in Sedona through that one no. space. Yes. I don't have to go and visit and climb the vortexes and bury my crystals up, you know, like in the mm -hmm. vortex or anything anymore. I can just do that in my yard. Absolutely. Same energy. And I have yeah. brought the components to spin this wheel when I get out there. I actually walk around my wheel. I used to dance, but now I walk. Um, and I use, and with other people, I encourage them to dance and, and get that wheel activated. So it can be passive or it can be turned on, quite literally. And yeah. I go out there and I turn it on and uh, do whatever I'm having, I'm doing. It's mostly I consider it prayer work, but I like, the sympathetic magic approach. I like to get out and do things. I don't yeah. need any kind of tools, but I like wands and I like staffs and I like, I like my pretty tools <laughs> and I make all my own stuff. So on that creative end of things. Um, and I put that wheel together completely by myself. Uh, did not have help because I wanted to keep the energies as pure as possible. 
And yeah. that wheel, if you look at the, it's a seven pointed star within a circle. Uh-huh. And each of those points is filled with different kinds of stones. I have moonstone and I have a point that's lapidolite and I have a point that is um, labradorite and I have a point that is fire quartz and a point that is smoky clear quartz and I have a point that is iron pyrite. Wow. And so each point has a different energetic um, yes. to it so so that I I'm I'm a stone whisperer. Seriously. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like to work with the stone energy. Yes. And understand it. And I do creative now what I do sell, um, I do meditation necklaces. I make them in a meditation. Um like spirit warrior I'll, I'll have some sort of catchphrase and then yeah. i will create a series of stone necklaces um and i use only sterling silver cord so that um that keeps the integrity and and uh actually helps the circle of energy f- for the piece and <clears throat> each piece is different even though it might be the same meditation for that series. Yeah. And then I do, I've done like, I'll, I'll meditate with the white Tara and then I'll do several pieces that come through each with kind of a different formula because the stones are like energy pieces and they're different formulas. So it's like numerology is incorporated mm-hmm. into the piece yeah. as, as well as the substance and then there's the intention and now those i sell because i have to buy the pro you know the i have to buy the stones and everything like that so i that part of my magic i do sell and if they listen to how to use it as a tool it's not just a pretty it's actually a metaphysical tool Mm -hmm. using the stones yes and that's what I do for meditations. I, I'm not a sit-still kind of meditator, although I can, yeah. and I do sometimes, of course. But my general meditation, I actually do this active meditation with the stones. And then now, I benefit from it, and then other people benefit from it, too. Beautiful. And on, on the, uh, the topic of meditation, yes. I know for, uh, for, for some that it's like it, it's a hard uh, well, actually, I know for me too. Initially, it was very, it was very challenging in the beginning trying to sift through it, you know. And I ended up finding stuff that worked for me. But ultimately, it was the sifting through it that was. It would at times kind of become uh, disheartening, if you will. You know, you felt like you weren't. I felt like I wasn't accomplishing anything. So I like to talk about meditation some, at times, you know, with people that have some experience with it to kind of share, you know, what they've what they've done and how they've adopted it, you know, into their into their lifestyle so that it works for them, you know, not that they're trying to achieve something that like, you know, somebody's saying that they should, but more. There's nothing to achieve with meditation. There's nothing to achieve. And that's the trick. Um, Mm -hmm. The best form of meditation or system is no system. No, it's the quietness. It's the getting into stillness. 
And yes, you want to still your brain down. And yes, you want to. The trick is to go into alpha state. Yeah. And as low into alpha state as you can get. Now, a lot of people go into alpha while they're driving a car. It's not a sleepy time thing. It's actually a heightened awareness thing. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't understand, but you can do active meditations. Here's a good one. It's called Tai Chi. Active meditation. Yeah. I've heard people like doing like, you know, like mowing the lawn meditation, you know, using a particular activity that just kind of keeps sure. their mind on that particular, that particular scenario. Uh huh. Because if you go into an inner, inner stillness, you can do meditation and do the dishes. Mm -hmm. or meditation and mop the floor you can make any habitual kind of thing that you do into where you're receiving heightened awareness and you actually feel relaxed and good after doing the floor instead of ah, i'm so tired you know yeah you get you know you've done it when you feel good about it indeed Indeed. That was really good. Definitely a different perspective on it. And do you, uh, and you teach those different kinds of meditations as well? I open people's minds to different ways of thinking about things. So now That's people the teaching is to show them that there are different ways to approach this reality. And if you're having a life that have some issues and problems that are bothersome, you can change that without struggle. That's the whole trick. People yeah. struggle to do something and they're actually getting in their own way. <laughs> when you let go of the struggle and just focus your true desire and if you don't know what that is, go for the best good in any way you want to phrase it. Yeah. But as long as it's getting you where you want to be, you will follow your focus. Whatever you focus on, you're going to get there. As long as you're not standing in your own way. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't quite know what I mean by getting out of their own way. <laughs> But it's letting go of the stress. Yes. And that seems to be a big epidemic. Mm -hmm. Being mm -hmm. in the way. Because the people get caught up in this world of mine. Just the world I live in. And it's got so much going on. And oh gosh, I wish humanity just behaved better. And this and that. This world. <laughs> thoughts have to manifest. Thoughts are things. Thoughts have to manifest. So when you're angry. You are contributing to the anger of the whole entire planet. Yeah. And that anger has to go and join with other angry vibrations. And there has to be a physical outcome, such as war, such as physical aggressions against one another. That will stop when people get away to stop even their little bits of household anger. You know, 
Now, your feelings are legitimate. And it's okay to be angry. And it's okay to like, I get angry once in a while and boom, I express it, then I'm done. It's over yeah. within 60 seconds, usually. Because <laughs> if you hang on to it, then you're going to attract more anger. Mm-hmm. So you just got to deal with it. Say, okay, I recognize it. I got it. I'm not going to do this again because it's really made me angry. Or I say, okay, that person may be angry. They're showing me something about my inner self. It isn't them. It's me. And if you bring it back inside and figure out, well, what does that represent to you? Why did you have a response? What was that trigger? You will find out what you really think and what you really believe then you can alter that and say okay i don't need to see that in anybody else anymore because i'm dealing with in an on turn in an internal level and once you deal with it inside and you process it you don't need to have it in your face anymore yeah <clears throat> And you don't call it back. <laughs> a lot of people go and they disperse something and great. But then they call it back because that's what they know to do. That's their history. And people living in linear time have a history. And it seems as if you do, but you don't. Because yeah. you stay in the moment. And the closer you can stay in the moment, I mean, Ram Das was big at this. Uh, there's a lot of teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, some are not here with us now. Yeah. But staying close to the moment as possible, being present, is where you can experience your internal joy, your state of grace, all the time. Or almost all the time. I mean, of course, we are still going to have our upsets. But if we can handle them, if they don't last long, we're not upset for very long. And we don't have to carry it around with us. And yeah. we don't have to go back to it and back to it and back to it. Absolutely. No, I agree. At some point, the waters will remain, you know, they will become still again. I do have another question about where you're at and like the Schumann resonance. Are you familiar with that? Yes. Yes. Did, did you feel any effects of that in where you're at there? Or did that have any impact there at all? Everything has an impact everywhere. So if you want to say isolated, yeah, a little bit. There but, we go. Okay. But um, I've been to a lot of events. I don't go to so many anymore. Uh I'm staying closer to home and actually like I'm actually decided to put some of my knowledge in my way of trans. It's not my knowledge, but it's my way of translating the knowledge for others. And I'm getting, trying to get that actually into a a few books. So I'm working on that. I'm my first thing I'm doing is a wisdom deck. And that I decided to do because of my grandchildren. They have learned from the TV and from uh, their things, uh, electronics, devices, and stuff. Short, brief uh, yes. things, codes, <laughs> if mm-hmm. you will, 
Um, but they take things in in snapshots, little snapshots, or literally snapshots, depending. Yeah. Um, so I thought a wisdom deck, because then they can pull a card. It's brief. And if that's all they want and they can get something out of it, that's great. Of course, there's going to be a book that goes with the cards, like all wisdom decks have the books of what the author has intended you to experience when how to interpret that card. My yeah. wisdom deck's going to be quite different than the average, and it's quite much larger than the average wisdom deck. And I'm color coding it, and I'm calling it five different there are five books and each book has 13 chapters. That means 13 cards because I call each card a chapter because you should be able to get a full chapter of information from that one card. It's not just a one thing. Now, the card will represent something rather simple. Okay, the last card I was working on, I called it Listen. And it's about listening to your inner self. Each card turns you inwards. I, this is not a deck for the what's out in your outer reality. It's a deck for going inwards with and um, dealing with this really on a super conscious level. That's my hope for it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm no, saying it's a deck for beginners of advanced metaphysics. Huh. I like that a lot. I am, I'm looking back so looking forward to seeing that comes out. I'll definitely be checking up on that one. Yeah, I haven't even worried about that yet. I have got the cards pretty much designed. I've got all of the, it's 91. Because the numerology of the deck is 713. So there are seven books and there are 13 chapters. So that makes 91 cards. But I'm color coding them. So each of the books you can either work with one book or you can pull a card from each book. You can, I will, I have some, th some different spreads that are not your average, uh, like a seven card spread, which can be read in so many ways. And the one thing about this deck, it allows you to arrange your reading and huh. Go through the deck, pick out a card that you really want to have that response for the week. You really, and you range your own reading for the week, and then you energize it in the, the well, in the star form is particularly the one, the seven-pointed star, but I'm also doing a 13-pointed star just in case you want to go even deeper. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. That sounds wonderful. Now, how do how do uh, like um, actually? Would you like to share with our listeners how to reach you if if you'd like to do that? Wow, you um, don't have not that you have to. I mean, if you're, you know what, I would say that I actually would rather put up a different phone number than the one I have now, simply mm -hmm. to separate that different calls. So yeah. I'm not quite there yet, but I can be there in a week <laughs> you know where i have a, a a number that we could broadcast so that they could um actually connect with me oh, i see what you're saying well you know actually that's um yeah let me uh i'll message you after the after this is over here and we'll uh, we'll talk about that some more then that sounds really 
really cool. I like I like that a lot, actually. Uh, do you do you host events? Well, I was just getting ready to set myself up as a storyteller, which is my I like that term. Um, and then COVID came, and of <laughs> course, people were a yeah. bit fearful and weren't supposed to gather together and but all my events would be pretty much outside i have my outside circle i can do i have a nice big living room i could do it inside if weather but the weather here is usually permitting most of the year to be outside so um i was going to try to do some things here in sedona i'll get there but now that i'm working on the wisdom deck i I kind of focused on that as much as possible. And yes, I will do. I want to call, have what I call garden parties in the evening because my garden is a light garden. Yes. I, yeah. It's so hot here in Sedona and I've tried growing things out there and it just isn't practical. So <laughs> I said, well, what can I do to make this a beautiful place where I come out in the evenings and it's gorgeous. Yeah. And so I did a, a light garden, everything solar. Nothing's plugged in, and uh, it works for me very, very nicely, and other people have been very, um, you know, felt very good about it, too. Yeah, that sounds, it sounds beautiful. It really does. Do you do, you do anything on YouTube or Instagram? I was going to, and I started to have some help, and then the person was all, we can make money doing this and this and that, and I was like, shut it down. <laughs> That wasn't what I was about. That was what she was about. Oh, goodness. But it wasn't yeah. what I was about. And I realized we were on two different wavelengths. Yeah. And so um, I would like to find somebody here in Sedona that does help me. Either podcasts or YouTube. It's um, I might even prefer going with podcasts. Yeah. Well, I know that I'm going to actually start. I'm going to over to YouTube here uh, this year and do the actual visual podcast. Still keep this one open, but do something on YouTube to kind of give a visual so people can see who I'm talking to and kind of get a better feeling. That one, I, w I would like that too. And I'm okay with doing the visual. Um, yeah. So, so perhaps YouTube is the way to go. I, I'm not as electronically savvy as my yeah. Grand, teenage grandchildren are well it seems like spirit like lets you like puts you where you need to be though at the right time yes yes so i don't think that's a that's an issue at all for you no um it's just a lot of people i mean people do show up but discernment <laughs> Goodness. discernment here in sedona is really important <laughs> wow. but there is a lot going on around in this area yeah. a, a lot um gaia deals a lot with the uh, sedona people hmm. the, the um station gaia yes yes i'm familiar yeah. with that one too yeah they they have some actually really good programs on there hmm. you know what's funny is like i'm from i'm a native of arizona and i still well i've been to sedona once but it is on my list again of places i need to go to and spend some time there and well, really you're more than welcome to look me up when you get here. <laughs> oh, indeed, my friend. Indeed. I will. 
No, do you how about uh, can people check you out on Facebook? Okay, yes, they can with me if they want to. I have a class, well, it's, it's a group, and I post uh, a lot of the Seth's quotes from his books and works because I consider it some of the best metaphysics still on this planet that wasn't translated from a foreign language and it holds its integrity because it's in the language that we speak that's not the first time i've heard that and for us it is some of the best working teachings of metaphysics that are available to us and so i encourage people What's the name of that uh, community or the group that you have? It's called Metaphysics and Magic Offered by WRC. And it's um, easy to find on Facebook. What was the last part again offered by? WRC. Gotcha. Wonderful. I'm definitely going to check that one and, out. Too. And when we're in private communication, I'll tell you what that stands for. Okay, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> well, my friend Crystal, I want to definitely thank you for your time today. I want to keep you any longer. It's been a little over an hour, which has been wonderful. I do want to, I definitely would love to talk to you again in this kind of format. And I definitely want to talk to you about doing that. But uh, if there's, is it, uh, pardon me, is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners at this point before we, uh, before we wrap this up? Just send out a blessing to each and every one of your listeners and encourage them to bring friends with them next time. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you very much. And uh, we will be talking again soon. Yes. So have a brilliant day. You do as uh, well. We will communicate again. Thank you for your time, dear. Blessings, my friend. Bye-bye.